Amen, amen, amen. Are you ready for the Word of God? Psalms chapter 62. Psalms, the 62nd chapter. And I am going to read beginning in verse number 1. And the psalmist cried out and said, Truly, my soul waiteth upon God. For him or from him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, and he is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Praise God. Truly, my soul waiteth upon God. Moffat's translation of that part of the verse, he reads it like this. Leave it all quietly to God, my soul. Leave it all quietly to God, my soul. From Him cometh my salvation. And He only, everybody say, He only. Not Him and something else, but He only is my rock and my salvation He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. I want to talk to you this morning about leaving it all to God. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. Thank you for your worship and your presence here this morning. There are times in life when it is a great help to have someone come along and say to you while you are in the midst of your labors and struggles, why don't you leave that to me? It's a wonderful relief. It's like a gentle wind that blows away the clouds. It is like when one has a difficult schedule or has some great responsibility upon their shoulders and someone steps into our life and they have the competence and they're expert enough to take over the situation and they say, why don't you just leave that to me? Leave it all to me are words that every mother, every weary mother loves to hear at the end of an unusually hectic and trying day. Leave it all to me are the words that that the weary workman longs to hear after a tireless day of effort and exhaustion and a depleting of his own energies and strength. To know that somebody is going to take up the slack and somebody's going to step in and take care of it. And you can casually turn and walk away because you have left it with them. What a relief to be able to leave something with someone else. Certainly this morning I have not come to preach to you that everything in life is that way. I think we are all intelligent enough to know that not all of life can be given to somebody else. There are things that 
you have to bear yourself. And I want you to listen very carefully to me right now. Nobody can walk your valley for you. Nobody can live your life for you. Nobody can relieve you of certain duties. Every person in this building has a cross to bear. Everybody, turn to your neighbor and say everybody. Everybody has a cross to bear. Cross bearing is not for a particular group of people that need training or discipline or that need some kind of correction in their life. Cross bearing is every breathing, living human being's responsibility. Jesus said, Take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross. There are some things in life that you cannot give to somebody else. No one can do that for you. Your cross is one thing that you cannot give to somebody else. And nobody else but Jesus can help you bear your cross. Do you understand me this morning? Nobody can help you bear your cross but you. You have to carry it. And your cross is unique to you. My cross is unique to me. I have often thought and I have heard it preached about all of my life that as a disciple, as a child of God, Jesus' command to those men was to take up their cross and follow Him. But what is that cross that He was talking about? What is that act of obedience that He is referring to? Well, let me clear up the air for some this morning. Your cross is not a difficult relative. Did you hear me? Your cross is not a difficult relative. Your cross is not your rebellious children. Your cross is not a cantankerous boss. And your, your cross is absolutely not your feuding spouse. That is not your cross. Everybody get that clear? That's something that has nothing to do. Your cross, listen to me. Your cross is the things that are particular to you and your life alone. Your responsibilities, your duties, your charges, your obligations, your calling. Jesus' cross was the sum total of his purpose. What he was required to do was a part of the blueprint that God had for that human body. For this cause, he said, I came into the world to do the will of my Father. And so his cross was God's blueprint for his life. And my cross is the blueprint for my life. 
It is the particular responsibilities that I, as a unique person, have. And nobody else can carry that cross for me. And cross-bearing, listen to me, cross-bearing is dealing with the people and the events and the problems that try to stop you from accomplishing the will of God in your life. That's what cross-bearing is. It's putting up with people and dealing with situations, but carrying that There are crosses that each of us must carry and there are burdens that nobody can lay down because they are part and parcel of who you are. However, it would be much impossible to live a life under that kind of constraint alone. And so God gives me hope this morning that though I must bear my cross There are some things that I don't have to bear. There are some things that I don't have to carry. And so life that could become impossible, yea, even more difficult to live because of the anxieties and strain that are placed upon it, it's good to know what the psalmist David heard one day in his life when God whispered to him in his struggle and in his anxiety, David, why don't you leave that to me? Why don't you leave that to me? There is in those words the particular voice of fatherhood. Much of the joy of childhood and a child's carefree spirit springs from the trustful relationship that it has with its father. A child does not worry about much, if anything, because it trusts the relationship of its parents. They do not worry about food, nor do they worry about clothing, because someone else has said to them, don't worry about that, leave that to me. What a wonderful discovery it was for David when he come to realize and understand that there are some things that I can take to God and I can leave them with Him. I don't have to bear that burden. I don't have to carry that weight. It is a beautiful picture that is painted here in the psalm. The singer that is brought before us no doubt has been in the grasp of, of, of trouble and trial and adversity. He had been through in his life a revolt. He had been through personal failure, moral failure himself. And now a kingdom was divided that God had anointed him to lead. And most of that was because of his own rebellious dealings. And here this man struggling with all of the questions and dealing with all of the adversities. He begins to understand the comforting voice of God. And he comes under the touch of that spiritual energy when God says to him, David, leave it all to me. Leave it all to me. Baffled and and betrayed. And even, even at the point of bitterness, he anguishes over the situations of his life. When God whispers in his ear, David, why don't you leave that 
to me. Why don't you leave that with me? And so for him, a peace came. And hopefully for somebody else this morning, a peace will come. And so for David, light began to shine from heaven. And so for David, the storm was changed to a calm. And oh, I would pray that that would be so today for somebody in this building. Someone who came in bowed and wearied by a load that you're carrying would hear the voice of this preacher and find what David found. That one who waits to relieve you of that burden. Night was turned to day because someone whispered to him, leave it all to me. Just leave it all to me. There's a word in there that speaks of command. David was not asked. He did not ask his soul. He commanded his soul. He said, truly, my soul shall wait on the Lord. Do you understand me this morning when I tell you that sometimes in life you just have to tell yourself to do some things? You don't feel like it. There's nothing around your circumstances that are encouraging you to do that. No more than there's an amen encouraging me to preach right now, but I'm going to preach anyway. Sometimes in life it's just that way. You bear your soul. You pour your life out and there's no applause. There's nobody to say, hey, that's a good job. Keep doing what you're doing. Nobody even whispers in your ear. It's good to know that when you come to a moment like that, there is still a God who comes gently into your life and he bends low and he whispers in your ear, hey son, why don't you leave that with me? Why don't you let me take care of that? Why don't you let me handle that burden for you? Praise God. And he commanded his soul. He didn't ask himself. He said, you're going to do it, son. There are times that I have to get up in the morning and say, you know what? You are going to church, Hughes. Yeah, you are going to church. I don't want to go to church. Like that man that got up early one morning, he said, you know what? I'm not going to church today. He got back in bed and pulled his covered back over his head. And time started ticking away and his wife come by and said, honey, what's wrong? He said, I'm not going to church. She said, you, what do you, what do you, what do you mean you're not going to church? He said, I mean just that. I'm not going to church. I'm staying home. She said, that would be fine, but you're the preacher, so you got to go to church. Hey, there's everybody in this building knows what it's like to wake up in the morning and find you just don't want to get out of bed and so you pull, you cover. Sometimes you have to say, hey, you know what? You got to get up. Whether you feel like it or not, you got to quit crying. Whether you feel like it or not, you got to quit living in the past. Whether you feel like it or not, you got to get up and move on. Whether you feel like it or not, you got to praise God anyway. And so he commanded his soul to these things. He commanded his soul to put these things into the hand of the Lord. So what is it that David put into the hands of God? So what was it that God whispered to him, David, leave that with me. Number one, I believe that God's whisper to David was that you have to leave my ways to me. You have to leave my ways to me. The things that you don't understand about me. The things that you don't understand about my working. Things that are too difficult for you to understand. Things that 
are too hard and impossible for you to comprehend or make sense of or add and make it work out. No matter how you do the math, it just doesn't add up. It's not fair. It's unjust. And it seems that God has forsaken you. He said, David, you've got to learn how to leave my ways to me. You've got to learn how to leave my hand free to keep working in your life. When you don't understand me, when you pray and there is no answer to your prayer, when somebody near and dear to you is taken away, when somebody close to you betrays you, when somebody near you lies on you, when those who wouldn't hurt a fly or wouldn't hurt a soul are overcome and bowed by intolerable pain and suffering, you have to leave those things to God. There is no answer to all the rhythms of life. I can't tell you why some people suffer and others seem to get by without much suffering. I can't tell you why one person goes in for an operation and everything goes fine. Another person goes in and everything goes wrong. I can't tell you why those things happen. I don't know why that a doctor who has done countless thousands of surgeons and is known as the number one orthopedic doctor in Houston could operate on my body and nick an artery and cause me to bleed onto my spine and paralyze me from my neck down. But it happened. I don't understand why. Why you prayed for some things to go away and they don't go away. I just know that there are ways that God works and there are ways that God moves. And the sooner I learn to leave God's ways to God, the better off I'm going to be. Hallelujah. How hard at times it is for us to say God is good. And really believe and mean what we're saying with confidence. Because we want to know. We want to understand. We're like Job of old. We argue with God. We come with our defense before Him. Yet our disagreeing with God doesn't make us any better. And our disagreeing with God only makes our problem grow worse and our burden grow more difficult. And it pushes us to the edge of life. There are things... That you're never going to understand about God and I will never understand. I just have to leave them to Him. How much wiser is the man and how much more helpful the attitude. Even when you are plunged into a sea of trouble. To leave God's ways to God. Leave it to God. Not to insult your intelligence this morning. Please don't misunderstand me. But we are not here to understand. We are here to trust Did you hear me? We are not here to understand. The fact is, Paul said, now we see through a glass darkly. Now we only see in part and we only know in part. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. My meat. What does that mean? The word meat there was not talking about literal food. It was talking about purpose. It was talking about design. It was talking about a plan. So my 
purpose in life is to do the will of God. What is interesting in that Greek word is that it speaks of a soul alignment. When he said, it is my, my meat is to do the will of God. He said, I have brought this human will into line with his divine will. And that's what I am going to do. I am going to do it no matter what it cost. I am going to do it without asking question. When the cup was bitter, when the cross was heaviest, when the light was dark in Gethsemane, he chose to leave it all with God. He prayed, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And the last word that you hear him speak from the cross before that spirit came out of his body was, Into thy hands I commend my spirit. There's some things you're never going to understand. There's some things you are never going to know. But he drank the cup and he bore the pain and he paid the price and he kept the faith without having an answer to some of his questions. Amen. And if the Son of God didn't have an answer to his question, what makes you think God owes you an answer to your questions? Why hast thou forsaken me? And God, there was no response to that human cry. Did he quit? Did he sell up like a toad on a, on a log and say, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not living for God no more. I'm not serving God. I, I'm not going another day. I, I'm giving up. He just hang, he hung in there. He just kept on keeping on. He just kept doing what he knew he was supposed to do. He kept doing the meat of his father. My soul is in alignment with God. And whatever I have to bear, whatever I have to drink, whatever I have to go through, if God chooses, if that's how he ordered my life, then evidently God thought I was man enough to take it. Why do we have to sit around and whine and cry about how bad life is? We ought to throw our chest back and say, hey man, God must be thinking something of me to allow this kind of stuff to go on in my life. Because God will not put more on you than you can bear. He won't give you a burden you're incapable of carrying. So why do we sit around and whine? Oh God, life is so bad and everything's good. Why don't we understand that He will not put more on me than I can bear? So evidently God knew I could take it or He wouldn't have made me go through it. Praise God. That's good preaching whether you agree with it or not. Hallelujah. He left some things to God. God, I'm going to leave that to you. Your ways. I'm going to leave to you. What else can I leave with Him? I can leave with Him the mystery of the new birth. Who among us can understand the glorious gift of salvation? Who among us can truly understand the reality of the new birth. 
Who can understand what John asked? How can I be born again when I am an old man? How can I enter back into my mother's womb and, and come out again? And Jesus said, oh, you misunderstand. There's a spiritual work I'm talking about, John. You must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And he said, it is a spiritual work. The wind blows where it listeth and you hear the sound thereof. You don't know where it came from. You don't know where it's going. But you see the effects that it has upon the tree. And so is every one that is born of the Spirit. There is some mystery in that new birth experience that nobody can understand. How do you take red blood and wash a heart that is black with sin and make them white as snow? I don't know, but I have come to tell somebody this morning that it still works. It still works. How do you go down in water baptism and have stripped away from you an old life so that when you come out of that water, you rise up to walk a new man? I can't explain it all, but I know it because I've had that experience. I know it because I have gone into that water myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't have to understand God's salvation plan to experience it. You just have to open yourself to it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The things that so many other people are confounded about, he said, just obey. You don't have to understand it all to experience it. There are times when it is well to consider the word of the Lord. And that is leave that all to God. The opposite of faith doesn't have to be doubt or reason. It can be sight. Why not take the wise counsel of the psalmist and instead of tormenting ourselves about how all of that works, how is God going to take care of my sin? How is God going to deal with my past failure? How is God going to cover all that? Why don't you leave that to Him? Why don't you leave that to Him? Praise God. And some of you need to leave it to Him this morning. Yeah, you need to quit digging up other people's sin. You need to leave that to God. That's God's work. What else did he want to leave with him? He said, I'll tell you what else you can leave with me. You can leave your sins with me. Praise God. You can leave your sins with me. Job wrestled with the knowledge of his own sinfulness. And when failure came into his life, and he started losing everything as anybody would. He turned inwardly and began to explore every avenue of his heart. What's caused this? Why has this happened? And in the midst of his struggle, trying to find an answer and trying to make sense of all that was going on, he saw his sinfulness. He saw his unrighteousness. And he cried out in Job chapter 33 and verse 23. He said, if there be a messenger with him, an interpreter, one among a thousand to shew unto man his uprightness, then he is gracious unto him and saith, deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. His flesh shall be fresher than a child's. He shall return to the days of his youth. 
he shall pray unto God and he will be favorable unto him and he shall see his face with joy for he will render unto man his righteousness. He look upon, upon men and if any say I have sinned and perverted that which was right and it profited me not, he will deliver his soul from going into the pit and his life shall be the, uh, shall see light. Verse 29, lo, all these things worketh God oftentimes with men to bring them back, to bring his soul back from the pit to be enlightened with the light of the living. David cried and Job cried and a thousand other men have cried, God, what can I do with my sin? And God said, leave it all with me. Leave it all with me. What can I do when I hear the word of God challenge me? Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. What can I do when I hear the word of God say come let us reason together though your sins be as scarlet they shall be white as snow. What do I do when I read the verse of scripture that said if we confess our sin he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What can I do when I hear Jesus say if any man thirst let him come and drink of the water that I give and out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. You can leave your sin with him. You can leave your failure with him. You can bring them to him and leave them there because he has a remedy. He has a cure. He has a healing balm for the soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rather than trying to hide my sin, I can bring them and give them to Him. Nothing, nothing man can do can remove his sin. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And I'm coming to a close with my last point. What else can we give Him? We can give Him our cares. We can cast our cares on Him. The word care has an enormous wealth of meaning. It encompasses a whole world of things. When we talk about cares, we're talking about worries. We're talking about fear. We're talking about anxiety. We're talking about stress. We're talking about disappointment. We're talking about frustration. We're talking about the anxious moments. We're talking about the tired and weary hours. The worries about how our children are going to turn out. What's going to happen with the economy? How is my job going to be secured for the future. Those are the things that encompass the word care. What about our future? What about the future of our children? What is our church going to be in five years? What are we going to do if this one dies? And what are we going to do if this one passes from the scene? God, how are we going to make it? Those are the things He said 
you can call cares. And those are the things that I want you to cast upon me. He wants you to cast on him your health issues. Do you hear me? H-E-A-L-T-H. Health issues. The problems in your human body. Things that the doctors cannot figure out. Answers that no medicine can bring. Those are the things he said you can bring and leave with me. Bring your health concerns. Bring your home concern. If you're having problems at your home, if you're having problems in your marriage, those are the things that he said you can bring to me. And I, I will take them. I will help you. I will carry that load. Amen. All of the worries that some of you are racked with right now. Peter said, casting all your cares on him, for he careth for you. There are three things the Lord requires of us. Three things. Micah said it in the Old Testament, chapter 6 and verse 8. He has shewed the old man what is good and what doth the Lord require. This is what God requires of you. This is what God said, I am going to hold you to account for. He said that you do justly, that you love mercy, and that you walk humbly with thy God. And leave everything else to me. Did you get that? Three things. This is what God requires of you. To do justly, to live right, to act right, to talk right, to be right, to love mercy, to have a heart that can be touched. Some of us have become so calloused in our dealings with one another that we don't even care if we hurt somebody anymore. And the word said, you're going to be held account for these three things. You may not be held account for all those things that are pressing on you. That you those worries, those things, you, you don't know what the future is going to hold. You don't know how their health is going to play out. You don't know how your security, you don't know how your investments are going to do. You don't know whether the economy is going to stay up. You don't know whether your house is going to sell. You don't know whether it's going to crash. You don't know what's going to happen with all that you plan for the future. But God said, I want to tell you something. That's not what you need to be worried about. What you need to be worried about are three things. To do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly before God and he said if you will do those things I will take care of the rest of it hallelujah somebody ought to lift their hands to him right now and thank him for that somebody ought to stand up on their feet and say oh God Oh, God, thank you that I have somewhere, somebody that I can bring my troubles, my burdens, my, my cares to, and I can leave them with you. Hallelujah. 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 Someday we shall arrive and understand. Someday we shall see him face to face. And be known as we are known. And his name shall be written in our foreheads or in the region of our minds. But in the meantime, 
We have a life to live and a service to perform. And Jesus said to one who inquired about the unknown, What is that to thee? Follow thou me. Amen. We are to remember the psalmist's counsel when we have done all that we can do but failed. We are to remember the, the psalmist's words when we are discouraged and feel like giving up. We are to remember the psalmist's words when we come to the end of our rope and we feel like letting go. There is a better way than giving up. God said, give it to me. <laughs> There's a better way than giving up. God said, why don't you give it to me? More often than not, the truth is we are succeeding when we feel like we are failing. We are helping more with our weak, rough efforts than we know. Because another hand with piercings in them are laid upon ours. So what is the counsel of the Word of God to you this morning? That counsel is do your best and leave the rest to Him. Do your best and leave the rest. Do it for Him. Give it to Him. Keep on doing it and don't resign. As to your fruit... And as to the harvest, and as to your success, that's not your responsibility. That's not your job. Leave that to Him. We live in a world that is driven by success. John Maxwell, who I have read quite of, and many of you no doubt have read and heard of him, has promoted a success ideology among not only the business world, but the church. Success, success, success. But the truth is, I am not responsible. You listen to me right now. I am not responsible for my success. I am responsible for my effort and God is responsible for my success. I don't care how hard you try, you're never going to succeed the way God can help you succeed because you're not responsible for success. You're not responsible for the fruit. You're responsible for sowing that seed. You're responsible for having a heart that's plowed and open so it can receive that seed. That's all you're responsible for. Watering it, making sure you keep it watered with your tears and prayers and worship. And if you'll do that, your effort is what you're responsible for. Oh, some of you ought to feel like a thousand pounds just lifted off your shoulder because you've been on this success thing. You've been trying to make some things work and they're not working. And you're saying, God, I don't understand. Everything I've done has failed. No, it hadn't. No, it hadn't. Why don't you get back to focusing on your effort? Do the best you can do. Live the best you know how. 
Love mercy. Do justly. Walk humbly before God. Do justice. Love mercy. Walk humbly before God. When you get up on Tuesday morning, do justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly before God. When you get up on Wednesday, do justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly before God. And suddenly you're going to find yourself stepping into a realm of success. Things are going to start opening to you. Doors are going to come to you. Opportunities are going to come your way. God's going to bless the labor. God's going to bring the fruit. He's going to bring the harvest. You're not responsible for your harvest. You're responsible for your effort. Hallelujah. So i got to do it again. I've got to get up and go again. Sometimes I have to drink a bitter cup. Sometimes I have to say, so be it, God. I don't know why, but I'm not here to ask you why. I'm here to do your will. And leave it to God. Leave it to God. Anybody here have a burden you'd like to leave with him this morning? Is there anybody that's been carrying a load? You've been worried about some things. You've been fretting. Maybe you're angry with God this morning because He hasn't answered some prayers in your life. Oh, it's okay. We don't have to play with our facade and throw up that veneer. I know what it's like to be angry at God. I know what it is to fuss with God. I even know what it is not to be on speaking terms with God. Some of you are too righteous to think and understand what I just said, but some of you understand what I'm talking about. There's been times when there's just no sense in it. God, you have the power. You could end all this misery right now. You could silence those people. You could shut up the voice of the enemy that speaks against me and you. You could handle that problem, Lord. God doesn't even answer. He just whispers, leave that to me. Leave that to me. Does anybody have anything here you'd like to leave with him this morning before you go home? Come on. Come on. Come on to the altar with me this morning and let's just leave it. A health problem, a job situation, a family problem, a financial problem, a a concern, a care, a sin. Maybe there's sin in your heart. Maybe there's failure in your life. Maybe you've fallen this week. Maybe you've stumbled. Maybe you missed God's purpose and you've not lived up to God's plan for your life. Why don't you bring that to Him right now? I'm tired of carrying this heavy weight. I'm tired of carrying this load of sin. I can't stand it anymore, Lord. I can't bear this burden alone. I need to repent. I need to humble myself before you right now. Anybody here? Come on, bring your care to Him. Bring your burden to Him.